As any home buyer or seller will tell you, moving isn't easy. But what happens to real estate agents who move? When your community is your livelihood, starting over in a new city essentially means starting over your career. Agents who relocate are often faced with an entirely different market and marketplace conditions and must build a whole new sphere of influence from scratch. But that didn't scare Greg Fisher. After several years running a brokerage in his native Texas and a few more building real estate software at Move Inc., Greg decided to fulfill his dream and settle in the Pacific Northwest. Greg has lived in Bend, Oregon for just a few months, but he's already on pace to do $8 million in sales over the next year. In this interview, Greg details the careful preparation that helped him hit the ground running in an unfamiliar market and explain how he's using awesome content to build a new and unique personal brand. This is Bernice Ross. I'm the CEO of realestatecoach.com. This is Dale Chumbly with Real Living the Real Estate Group. Hi, this is Greg Fisher from Fred Real Estate Group in Bend, Oregon, and you're listening to the Marketing Genius Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Genius Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes with the most brilliant real estate professionals and brands to uncover the latest digital marketing tools and tricks for your online arsenal. Now, here are your hosts, Seth Price and Matt Barbet. Greg, I am so excited to have you on the show. I have, well, one, I've known you for quite a while now. I remember when you were a, uh, a broker agent, I believe, in Fort Worth, Texas. I think that's when I first met you. You were still doing that. And the thing that has fascinated with you know me about you is that you have been able to build these very community-oriented brands, and you've just done it again. And so... I'd love to talk about parachuting into a new location, which you've just done in Bend, Oregon, and what what your plan was when you got there, and then what you've done so far. So if you could tell me about that, that would be awesome. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I did have some experience as a broker in Fort Worth, Texas, and my journey took me to a brief stop in, in New York City and then San Francisco as I was working for um, Move on some real estate software projects. And ultimately, um, I started getting very interested um, in finding the place that I really wanted to live permanently. Uh-huh. And and part of that um, journey, you know, took me to the West Coast and took me somewhere um, that had outdoors access, that had water access, um, that had a tech scene, an entrepreneurship scene, um, and, and somewhere that, that that was just really appealing um, for me to, to live in. And so um, that journey and, and that investigation, you know, led me to to Bend, Oregon. And so um, I put together a plan, um, a long-term plan, um, to get me here. And so, uh, you know, it took a little over a year from thinking about it, um, until actually making it happen. That's so awesome. Um, so when you say a plan, was this in part just like a personal plan? Like, Hey, what would you do to leave saving money? Where would you live? Or was it a business plan? What was the, what did that entail for you? Yeah. So that's a, that's a really important question because it's a little bit of, of both of those things. Right. So, um, at the time I had started dating, um, somebody that, um, you know, we're still together and and we made the move together. And so, um, you know, we kind of decided on this, um, together, 
But, um, you know, we had to go from talking about it to visiting. Um, and Ben's one of those places that people, you know, they visit once and then they want to, they want to stay here. And so (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah. It took us one visit and I came back several more times. Um, and after the second time I immediately applied, um, for, to take my broker's, um, exam and to, um, get my broker's license and go through the classes. And so, um, I've always maintained my real estate broker's license in Texas. Um, but I knew part of moving, um, was that, you know, I like to hedge when I do things. And so while I get super focused on things, um, you know, I, I also need to hedge and it makes me comfortable. It makes me feel like I have options. Um, and so, um, part time in the evenings, um, I just kind of pushed through the real estate classes to get an Oregon broker's license. Um, and as I was doing that, I started doing the hard work of evaluating the competitive landscape, um, creating like an economic and jobs outlook, um, for the area, um, I started researching the real estate surf search traffic and analyzing the market for um, who was advertising and what um, sort of the flow of people was like um, coming to the area. So that was some detailed work. Um, and, you know, I'm talking like spreadsheets, MLS analysis, um, really diving into it, going to every single, you know, like the top 20 brokers in Bend. You know, I was going on to their websites. I was signing up. Um, for their drip campaigns and using whatever IDX, you know, services they were using. So, I mean, I, I went really deep looking yeah. at what was happening in the market before I came here. I want to stop there just for a second and, and talk about something that is so critical that I think many folks put the cart before the horse and want to just start, you know, selling and trying to get listings without really understanding, Hey, what is the job outlook in that as opposed to, you know, waiting on the news to tell you how many properties actually sell in the communities? What's the average home price? Like what are other brokers doing? Are they spending, spending money on Facebook? Where is the, I call it the green field. Where does that exist? And where is red waters? Like, where has it already been tune, tune up and, and spewed out? That is really awesome. When you did the research, like where did you find the information besides MLS data just to give people context here. Yeah. So I actually still have, uh, I, you know, I use a bunch of different software tools, but I use, um, Basecamp to really organize this project, which was like the moving to Oregon project. Uh-huh. Um, so I still have all of that stuff, but like, you know, for jobs, um, the, the economic council here in Ben does a report annually that says, you know, here are the top 50 employers in the area by job count. Um, here's what we see, you know, they kind of do some high level reporting on, um, you know, who's creating jobs in the area, what laws, um, are, are being considered and, and what things have changed, um, and kind of really give you a nice, um, outlook into, into what to expect. And the reason that was really important for me is the thing that everybody will tell you on the West coast, um, about bend people who live in urban areas is that, um, the unemployment, um, has been very high, um, and and because it's a, you know, it used to be a manufacturing town. It used to be a very blue collar, like logging town. And so, um, Ben has historically not, um, had this, the sort of employment opportunities that people get in other large areas. So it was very important for me to understand 
um, what was happening, what happened, and then what the future was going to look like. Yeah. Okay. So then from there, you've got this sort of outlook on the plan. I assume that you saw opportunity because you're clearly there. Um, what, what were some of the decisions that that information had you do? <laughs> you know, it's funny is, uh, I did see the opportunity, but you know, it might not be clearly visible to other people because, um, being also a, a vacation sort of town, yeah. um, there are a ton of real estate brokers here and, and in Oregon agents are brokers. So, uh, forgive me audience if I keep saying broker and, and yeah. I mean, agent. Yeah. um, but there are a ton in central Oregon. There's almost, I think over 2000 and the population of Ben's 85,000. So, okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a very high concentration of brokers. So, um, a lot of people were like, why in the world would you want, you know, to go into that business there? And so what the opportunity that I saw was that Ben has a very strong tech scene and a very strong um, entrepreneurship scene. Yeah. And the population is projected to double in the next 25 years. And so it's a very attractive place for people who have equity in their homes, who want to move somewhere slightly smaller, but somewhere that's, you know, progressive and, and has things to do. Yeah. Um, it's very attractive to those people. And so I knew if I could get to those people who were moving from the Seattle area, from the Bay area, from LA and from Vegas, um, who were coming here, if I could get to them first, that was sort of an equal opportunity market for me to compete in. Yeah. Um, moving somewhere where I didn't know anybody, where I wasn't from, um, and I didn't have connections, um, I sort of see this opportunity that I've been working on um, to really exclusively work with people relocating to the area for, um, you know, to start companies, to work remotely, um, and to just be here. Yeah. So, great. You identify the opportunity, what, and you, you know, work on getting your broker's license, then what? Like what's, what are the next steps for preparing to, you know, address the market? Like how did you choose Fred for one, which is a mm -hmm. great name for brokerage in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, but how did you choose that as one of these steps? Yeah. So that was my next step after doing all this, right. Um, th the thing that I knew or the thing that I decided was that I didn't want to start a company again. So I ran a very small brokerage, um, in Texas, just me and another agent. Um, and it, even though I'm a principal broker in Oregon and I'm qualified to do that, um, I, I really thought it was going to be important to be somewhere that had high quality agents, um, where principal brokers were taking care of back office and someone who had a cool office and just like a friendly atmosphere. And so, um, it, I very quickly found Fred because they espouse all of these, um, qualities and so, um, it didn't take me very long after talking to him and comparing, um, my conversation with him to some of the other brokers that, um, that was actually the right fit for me because it allowed me to, it, it was a place where I was going to be able to do, you know, have my own business and create my own brand, um, but have just the right amount of infrastructure that I needed because, you know, I'm an experienced broker. I live and breathe real estate. And so, um, you know, I was going to do these sort of, you know, um, customer acquisition activities and brand building and, and content generation outside of, um, you know, what people might be doing inside of the brokerage. And so it, it was just the right fit. So I had yeah. a couple conversations with some brokers and, um, that was the best one. And the name is awesome. You know, Fred will say Ben's a casual town, you know, people wear ball caps, people are dressed down, you know, it's very outdoors focused. Yeah. And, 
um, Fred just went, you know, did his thing, you know, he's a casual guy and he's like, this is Fred. We're approachable. Um, and we're friendly and you know, that really spoke to me. And so, um, we have a long-term plan where, you know, if I can get all the celebrities and athletes moving here, we're going to launch Frederick and that'll be the luxury brand. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. We always joke about that. Um, so there's one thing I wanted to ask you and what you just said is what were some of the things that other brokerages said that turned you off? You know, I think, uh, the biggest thing for me was just not being able to, to have my own creative space to do things. So some of the broke, the more traditional brokerages really, you know, have some branding controls that they put in place, um, which is fine. I totally understand that, but it, it wasn't the right fit for what I wanted to do here. Um, so, so that was the big thing. I think, um, having some autonomy in how I generated business and how I talked about real estate locally with people and and what sort of efforts that I did, um, to attract business to myself was the most important thing, um, in, in finding a broker. And so that autonomy was, was very clearly found, um, with Fred. So that was most important. Okay. Very cool. So you found a brokerage. Now what's next after that? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So I actually had to, to move here, you know, you at the time, um, last year I was living in San Francisco and so, um, I didn't figure out how to get here. And so luckily I was fortunate, fortunate enough to, um, have my girlfriend get a, a great job opportunity with a local tech company here. Um, and so we just jumped, jumped on it as soon as it happened. Um, so we got here and, um, I just started, literally, you know, designing and writing my face off, um, creating, you know, website was the first thing for me. And then also, um, putting together all of the back office software, uh, you know, that that's always the thing that I get super passionate about and super, you know, like to nerd out about is like, you know, what are my different tools going to be for all of the processes that, that I have to manage as a broker. Um, so I kind of spend some time like in the living room, you know, for hours doing that kind of stuff. Um, and so that was really important work. But the, the other thing that, um, I did that was, that was very focused and very concentrated on making this move work was I got a desk, um, at the local co-working space. Yeah. Um, like I said, there's a big tech scene here, a big entrepreneurship scene. There's lots of small companies, medium companies and remote workers. So I got a desk at the co the biggest co-working space in town. And I just kept going there and I kept meeting people and I kept, um, making connections and just doing my work there. And so, um, yeah, I probably spent, you know, two months just making my website, you know, banging out content, um, and trying to make connections. And it, you know, I've, I've actually read a ton of the content on your site, like everything, like I love your about page, which is rare to say, because most about pages suck, excuse my language there, but it's like you actually took the time and it, it sounds like you, like you, you come across as a real person, which I found refreshing. Um, so tell me, tell me about that. Like, what was the ethos? Who were you talking to when you wrote this stuff? Uh, that's funny. You asked me, who was I talking to? Cause I did get some help, right? Like I come from, you know, the last three years I've been working in, in software and product design. And so, um, you know, I, I put this site together myself. It's built on Squarespace. It's not like, I'm, you know, hand coding, um, some website, but, um, I do know how to put the pieces together and I do know how to write. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing once I had sort of a, a concept, 
that was sensical. Um, you know, and I had been sending links to a few choice people saying, Hey, can you just give me some feedback? And luckily at this point I have some really talented people who, who know what they're talking about to give feedback. And so it's funny on that about page, I, one of my buddies is, a used to be a product manager at Redfin. And he's like, here's the call to action that works. The pull quotes need to be big. This is what people respond to. And he has, you know, years of experience. Yeah. Um, analyzing, you know, how users interact, um, with websites. And so that stuff was really helpful to me. The other thing was I knew outside of asking people testing or, or, you know, doing proven methodologies that the thing that I was going to do for myself, um, in this, this version of my real estate self was I like, I'm just going to do my thing. It's what I do anyway, but like, I'm just, I'm just going to do my thing. I want people to, to understand who I am and select me or not select me, um, based on the things, um, that I have to say, my working style, my personality, um, my intelligence, you know, I want people, um, to either pick me or not pick me because of that stuff. Um, and it took, you know, years to realize that's how I wanted to, to really, um, you know, be known and, and sort of represent myself. It's almost like, I don't know if you can teach someone that, but it's like teaching someone to like just chill and be comfortable in their own skin. Cause if you can do that, you self-select people want to be with people that they just sort of resonate with. And I totally get it. It's, it's very hard to fake. Yeah, it, it really is. And so I've just been focused on, you know, picking some things, you know, picking some threads that I care about, picking some topics that I care about. Um, and just, just doing it and just writing about it, making comment on it, um, and letting people know kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah. I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about the content that you created because you and I spoke, uh, before you started and you decided you were going to, you know, become the voice of this community. Can you tell me a little bit about the genesis of that? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I, the brand I chose, the thing that came across was, uh, this idea of, of a station because bend is sort of this place that people visit, they come through, they're coming to, um, they're moving in and out of, you know, it's like a hub. And so, um, there was sort of this, um, momentum when I decided I was also going to do a podcast that that station also had, you know, some other context to it and that would really work. And so that's sort of why I chose that moniker, um, to, to kind of get behind and, and organize around. Yeah. And so the components of, of what Ben station is, is, you know, it's a website that represents my services. Um, it has a blog, you know, where I write long form articles. It's got, short form, you know, articles and links to other relevant, you know, news information locally or nationally, um, mostly about real estate. Um, it has information on events. Um, so I have an event calendar and I publish kind of like the mainstream events. I try to stay away from, you know, the, the very niche things, because again, my target market is people who are moving here. So I just, I want them to see, you know, that there's um, cool stuff going on. Exactly. That's more the thing. Like there are other places to go. Um, if you really want to get in the weeds and find out what's happening tonight. Um, but, um, you know, so I have the events, um, I have a newsletter that it it goes out every week religiously. you know, I'm kind of, I think I'm on newsletter number five, you know, I've been sending it once a week and it's a little note for me. Um, it's some links, um, to articles that I think are relevant in locally, 
and in real estate and it's got some market information on it. Um, and that's it. And, and that has been awesome. Like the, the open rate is 60% on that. I get 20% of people are, are clicking on the links and then kind of the final component of this whole thing. Hold, hold on just one second. Yeah. Most people don't know their click through rate. So I'm just going to say that that is outrageous, like amazing click through rate, 20% on a 60% click rate. Like that is awesome. So I'm saying that for the folks that are listening, that this is not like most of us send out emails and don't actually pay attention to who opens them unless it's a lead that actually gets back to you. This is really understanding the whole funnel, because if you can understand that, you can realize that either your content is working or it's not. And in this case, it's it's really working. Nice job. It is. Thank you. And like I'm not doing any like I'm not going through you know, some crazy how to send email courses or anything like that. It's very simple. What it, It's a note for me. It's some links to, to other valuable stuff and it's some real estate stuff. And, you know, the people who have signed up for that, I've advertised to, but it's also, you know, people are coming into my IDX site or, um, or through other places. And those people are considering moving here or considering listing their property, or they're just interested, um, in my analysis of things. Um, and so, you know, I, it's just been, it's been really nice to, to do that. You know, I've always thought it's something good to do. And you always hear people say, you know, email is a great way to communicate with people. And I've never really known what exactly to do. And, and somehow, um, you know, in, in this version of myself, I just knew exactly what I wanted to do and it's working. I'm making small adjustments along the way, but I'm pretty happy with it. That's, that's great. And then, so tell us about the, sh- the podcast itself. Like who, who are you interviewing? Why, why did you choose them? And then I'll ask some other questions cause I'm curious about the results of that, but I really want to frame up like the thought that went into this and why you did it. Yeah. So, um, the podcast is called Ben station radio. Um, and very simply my goal was to interview local people, especially, you know, entrepreneurs or, or artists, um, or city people who can really give some color, um, to what happens locally, to what sort of things people are interested in, what kind of things people are doing. Um, I really wanted to surface the stories of, of how those people got here. Um, you know, there are a lot of natives to bend, but, um, the population has been growing very quickly. So a lot of people, you know, didn't grow up here. So I like to sort of surface, you know, how exactly they found, found out about the place, how they got here, what it was like. Um, and so it, it's very simply a way for me, um, to find these people. Um, you know, like I said, this is a place we have no history and we, we had no connections. And so the most important thing for me as somebody who is going to launch a number of businesses here is, um, I wanted to meet people in the business community, people who were interesting, um, and and find out, you know, what it was like to start businesses here and what it was like to move here. And, and honestly to like maybe make a few friends, um, if I'm lucky, you know, um, that's the hard part about moving to a new place. So, um, Anyway, I, so I interviewed, you know, Fred, my broker first, because basically I'm starting from, from scratch. So he was nice enough to be, (laughs) he couldn't say no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He was nice enough to be uh, my guinea pig. And I, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I sort of, you know, I talked to you, I talked to uh, Marguerite, 
agent in Tacoma who has a good podcast. And, you know, I had a sort of collection of tips and, and ideas about how I was going to do it, but I, I just had to do the first one to like, really know what was going to happen. And so luckily Fred was, uh, gracious enough to let me try that out on him. And, you know, it also gave me a piece of content that allowed me to approach all of the following people and say, Hey, this is what I'm doing and actually have it instead of it just being conceptual. Yeah. And then you chose, so tell me how many episodes have you done so far? Yeah. So we're on, uh, episode six and I've recorded two more. So I, I guess I'm on eight, but, uh, I've released six. And what's the time frame that we're talking about? So from when you actually, the first episode that went out to now is how yeah. long? I mean, the first episode is March 1st. So it's okay. been three months. I've done six. So, you know, it's like every other week. It's probably, you know, if you're looking for a frequency. Awesome. Okay. So let's talk about results. Like what in your like what's tangible and then some of the things that are just more visceral that you've experienced after doing this. Yeah. So, I mean, the tangible stuff is, you know, those episodes are getting about a hundred plays, right? Um, so to the layman that might not seem like a lot, but when you talk about, um, podcasting and having interviews that are, you know, 30 to 40 minutes long, um, getting a hundred listens is, is a big deal. It's, it's really good, especially, um, on, you know, five of the six were all targeted to, um, people in bent yeah. and it's a, it's a small community and people who listen to podcasts are very, very, um, targeted demographic. You know, it's, a, it's a very specific, um, audience. So I'm not starting with a big audience in the first place. And then that funnel just gets smaller and smaller based on, um, the topic who's talking, um, and, and where it's targeted to. Um, yeah. so I'm very happy um, with those listens because the nature of podcast audiences are they're they're well educated. Um, you know, they have their professionals. Um, you know, they ha- they have the sort of time to to go deep on the topics, and yeah. those are the people that I that I want to work with. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. and having a having a podcast and being able to talk is something that's super important to me because it, it's my understanding that when I can get in front of people and talk or have them read my content, I have a better conversion rate of, of bringing them on as clients. So having a podcast and exposing uh, myself to a hundred people every other week, um, is really beneficial. But, um, yeah, so, so those are the listens I'm also doing, um, you know, really, really comprehensive show notes. And I think that's kind of the thing that, that everyone sort of <laughs> teeters on the fence with, with podcasts is like, you know, I don't want to just have this, this audio file out into the ether and hope people listen to it. So I create pretty detailed show notes. So I'm not doing full transcription because, um, I, I just don't, don't see much value for what I'm trying to do in yeah. doing that. Yep. But what I do try to do is extract um, some of the cooler things that people said, some of the more interesting things that people said and sort of just paint a picture of the story of what the interview was like so that people can either, you know, get more information in addition to listening to the podcast, or if they don't want to listen to it, you know, 30 minutes is a long time. Um, they can just read through it or they can read through it and listen to it later. Right. Um, so the show notes have been awesome because, you know, in addition to the hundred listens per episode I'm getting, I'm getting hundreds of page views on the show notes, right? So I know that there are people who are only coming and listen and reading, right? They're not yeah. listening and that's okay. Yeah. And what's interesting about that is for those of you listening, if you create content 
and you go and look at the analytics on your content, most of the time, because I've looked at hundreds, I've looked at thousands of sites in this space, more than that, tens of thousands of sites in this space. Most of the time, no one's reading your content because it's not really tuned in to the community or to your audience, or it's not great. Like you didn't write it. You don't like to read it, that kind of stuff. So this is really a crucial thing about creating something that people actually want to read and using influencer marketing. So you're actually creating stuff collaboratively with your community. Um, so I just wanted to highlight that because it's really important. Those hundreds of page views is significant. Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal. So I interviewed, um, you know, the, the biggest interview so far has been, um, with, a, a woman named Sarah Poole who runs a kale chip company here and, and that the show notes alone have 444 unique page views with an average time of four minutes spent on that page, yeah. you know? So, so people are reading that. And then I do have flow through, um, from the podcast and, and those show notes into my about page, into my, um, you know, buying and selling pages into the other news and event pages. So those people, you know, while a lot of them do bounce because, you know, um, sometimes they're just there to learn about Sarah, maybe, you know, they're friends with her and just wanted to see, um, you know, what she was doing. Um, I've got great flow through too. And so, um, that's been, it's been really beneficial, um, to, to take the time to do that. It's, it's actually a pretty significant investment in my time. Um, even though it might not look like a lot, you know, it, it takes probably two or three hours to, to listen again, to pull out those quotes, to type it up and, and yeah. sort of organize it. So. Yeah. And you are doing some, um, retargeting on that as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. So doing lots of retargeting, we're doing, you know, to start with, you know, the, the ads that I'm running for those podcasts are super targeted in the first place. Right. So, um, when I release, you know, I'll do a Facebook post via the event station page and, you know, I pick out people that I think are going to like what's going on. So the one interview that I did that wasn't based in bend was, uh, with the organizer of a local, um, you know, music festival and her goal. And, you know, I'm not doing this, this, the show isn't sponsored. It's not like, um, I'm not getting people to pay me to be on it there, you know, or vice versa, you know, but she told me, you know, she like, her goal was she really wanted to sell out and she knew that she wasn't really reaching people in, in surrounding areas like Northern California, um, Western Idaho, Southern Washington. And so I ran some ads in those places to people who like music festivals, who are well-educated, who liked, you know, some of the bands who were going to be at the festival. And that ad was just, it performed really well. And so we got a lot of listens, um, from those people. And so I haven't followed up with her in a week or so to see kind of if, if she's got any good analytics for me on, on what's happened, you know, our goal wasn't to, to actually create a funnel of, of selling tickets, but, um, you know, having her on the show and having the festival coming up, not only was it interesting to talk to her about what it was like to set it all up, but, you know, I also want to help her out, you know, because we develop a rapport over time. Um, and so I did my best to make sure that people, um, who would find that content interesting, um, found it in the first place. Yeah. And let's tell me a little bit about how this has impacted your deal flow. Yeah. So, um, it, it's been really nice. So it, it's been three months, right. Since, since I've been a full-time broker. So we're not going to, um, we're not going to, you know, burn down the world, um, with the results yet. Um, but I, I, I've also decided I'm going to happily share 
my results when people ask because, um, you know, for two reasons, one, I'm not selling this to anyone. You know, I've, I've had to say that multiple times, like this is, I'm doing this because I enjoy it. You yeah. know, all the things that I'm doing. Um, and, and I'm fortunate enough to be in a role selling real estate where I can do whatever I want to, you know, there are goofy people out there Snapchatting all day and they're getting clients somehow doing that. <laughs> well, that's not enjoyable to me yeah. and this is, and so this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and it may not, it may not be for everybody. Um, so right now, you know, we have five deals, um, that are in escrow, which is awesome, which is awesome in three months. It's, it's very good over $2 million and we have more. And I'm saying we like, like I'm an entity. It's me, right? Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's funny because that's how I feel. You know, when you create something that's a little bit bigger than yourself, it's like, Oh, you know, but it, it, it really is. It's just me. Yeah. Um, and so the rest of the pipeline looks good through the rest of the year. And so I'm going to have a good year for an independent single agent. I'm going to have a good year on par with anyone else who has good years. I'm not going to be on the wall street journalist this year or next year. Um, but I'm, I'm going to make a living doing this and I do other things yeah. too, right? Like this isn't the only way that I generate an income for myself. It's not the only thing, um, that interests me. Um, but so far so good. Well, I think, I think what's, what's really interesting to me is the ability to go from a cold start because that is the most challenging time for anyone. It's like, you know, the numbers are really, you know, Bernoulli's rule There's there's 20% of the agents and brokers in the U S creating the lion's share of all of the deals. And so if you're spinning yourself up to be able to generate deals in, in three months and have a, and create a machine that you actually are interested in doing that engages with the community, that's the sweet thing here. That's what was really fascinating to me. It's thank you. Cause that's been, it's been very gratifying, um, for me because I enjoy it. You know, it's like, I've had people ask me why I leave technology to, to become a realtor, right? Like you have a sweet job, big company working on stuff, you know, doing well. And, um, you know, I, I very much value my autonomy and I'm also very cognizant of, of my skills and abilities. And so I get excited when I get opportunities to help people move and to move here, um, because I'm very good at moving. I'm very good at helping people move and I love it here and I want other people to get the opportunity to be here. So to me, it's, it's a very valuable place for me, um, to exist in and and for things, things for me to work on because I just get so much satisfaction out of it. And so that's what I'm, that's what I'm driven by. And, and, yeah, that's what people are attracted to. I mean, I don't know if people can hear it in your voice, but I hear the passion for what you do and the place. And when I think about, you know, people and companies I want to work with, that's what like the product is one thing, but I want to work with people that I want to be around because life is too short. And I, and I, I see that in the numbers and companies that are successful. Like we choose to do business. We can choose with our wallets to do business with anyone. And this is really great to see, uh, see your example, Greg, I really appreciate your time. This has been fantastic. Uh, where can folks find out more about Ben station radio and about you and anything else you're doing? 
Yeah. So benstation.com, um, all my contact info is there. Um, I'm active on Twitter and I'm, I'm friendly on Facebook. If you can find me. <laughs> I like that friendly on Facebook. Cool, man. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, really appreciate it. And I know we're going to cross paths soon. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Uh. Thanks for listening to the marketing genius podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to write us a review on the iTunes store. For our full episode archive and access to exclusive bonus content, visit us online at playster.com slash podcast. If you have feedback about Marketing Genius or want to suggest topics and guests for future shows, drop us a line at podcast at playster.com. Don't settle for mediocre marketing. Become a marketing genius and start growing your real estate business online. The Marketing Genius Podcast is brought to you by Playster, the digital marketing platform for real estate professionals, brands, and organizations of all kinds. With beautiful websites, lead management tools, marketing automation, and an academy featuring the latest tools and tips, Playster offers real estate professionals everything they need to succeed online. Learn more at Playster.com.